The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Hope you all are having an amazing day today because that's right, you guys. That's right. Today is Tuesday, January 30th. And today is today is National Plan for Vacation Day. And oh man, this is everyone's favorite pastry. It's also National Croissant Day. Oh, yeah. Thank you for getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see exactly where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on our very own website at www.highatnightnews.com. It's where you can join us, watch us, enjoy all of the antics that we bring to you on a daily basis. But coming up first, we have... The dope dad himself, that's right. The happiest of the cabbages, of all the cabbage people, that's right. It is the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lameet. And the crowd goes wild. Speaking of crowds. So would you be a cabbage patch kid, kid, Rico? Yeah, yeah, you can call me what you want to call me, man. As long as you call me, you know what I'm saying? Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about exciting, talking about crowds. You don't have to be a football fan to realize that this year's big game will be one for the ages. What is more American, I ask you all, than two of the original, old-school, battle-tested franchises with such a long history behind them, leaving it all on the field with way more than just bragging rights and Las Vegas gambling odds on the line. What's even crazier is that it's actually a slightly retooled rematch of the battle fought just a few years back. If you ain't absolutely excited about this year's matchup, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. You just might not be American. And I ain't talking about football either, y'all. I'm talking about this year's presidential election. And nothing tells us we're deeper into another presidential primary season quite like two out-of-touch octogenarians attempting to rally their bases with shit that just ain't true. For today's episode, we'll be covering the incumbent, one Joseph Robinette Biden, who doesn't seem to know the difference between a pardon and an expungement. So for those of y'all who also don't know, it's okay. 
uh, you too can one day become president of the United States of America. Sky's the limit. Just in case you uh, really didn't know, though, uh, pardon essentially reverses the criminal convictions, and an expungement, on the other hand, seals your record. With Joe Biden's presidential pardon late 2022 for federally convicted offenders of marijuana possessions, nobody's record was expunged. But don't let facts get in the way of telling a good story, right? During a campaign speech in South Carolina on Saturday, Biden said, a promise made is a promise kept. I kept my promise and I said no one. I repeat, no one should be in prison for merely possessing marijuana or using it. And their records should be expunged. As Marijuana Moments Kyle Yeager pointed out yesterday, there's a glaring issue with Biden's humble brag about fulfilling campaign pledges in this case. He's routinely and frequently misstating the practical effects of the action. A presidential pardon represents formal forgiveness from the government, but it does not expunge the record, period. For the article, several thousands of people have received the pardon for federal marijuana possession offenses under a pair of proclamations issued in 2022 and last month. The Justice Department has been distributing certificates to eligible people who apply for the largely symbolic Fish document. is back at Wienerschnitzel. Reel in our fishing. What's, what's that? Guess what that? Guess what it actually says on the certificate? Quote, the pardon means that you are forgiven, but you still have a criminal record. It's right there, Joe. Come on, man. Jaeger even pointed out uh, that the thousands of people who did earn clemency, no one was released from prison as a result, despite Biden insinuating as much. As we often point out here on High and Nine News, there are still thousands of people in federal prisons over nonviolent cannabis offenses. It's just extremely rare that you'll end up there for simple possession. But Biden keeps pretending it did more, and apparently his speechwriters think it's cute to keep putting it in there. But what really pisses me off isn't really the uh, rhetoric that uh, it's Biden and his team being well aware of the political popularity of cannabis reform. Poll after poll cites the majority of Americans, the majority of swing voters and undecideds are all for legalization or decriminalization. And our country's current leadership continues to play word games while people's lives and freedom hang in the balance. So whether it's Biden or another term for Trump, um, we need to make sure whoever takes the seat in this year's election has the right people around them who will finally do and say the right things about cannabis reform and push legislation in a sensible path forward. This is not it. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for High 9 News. Let's talk about it. Uh, semantics he made a mistake he did not make a mistake he is totally trying to placate and trying to use this to whim young voters into believing his ridiculousness i think he needs to uh get on board and just uh deschedule and uh he'll win the election by a landslide oh he would i i agree with that if he descheduled cannabis but you know he's not about descheduling he's about rescheduling and giving the whole industry to the pharmaceutical industry todd yeah, like your orange guy, too, is a big fan of that. Orange guy is not. He's not a fan of, of rescheduling. That is not true at all. He's a big fan of the pharmaceutical at, industry. Um, well, at the yes, same he time, is. he's also the person that basically <laughs> basically legalized cannabis by signing the farm bill in the first place. And otherwise, you wouldn't be able to buy all that THCA that you get. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying a lot of THCA. <laughs> 
Uh, not not to like mention real weed, not, real weed. You so, know, so Jason, what you're saying is Donald Trump is the Delta Eight president. He is the Delta right. Eight president, and just and just to show you how much you Delta go. Eight president this is, I was surfing the internet this morning, and I happened to find this meme. And since you decided to pick up the story, I figured we might as well post this meme of Joe Robinette Biden. Yep, that's right. That's your boy. That's your boy. Remember, Make Delta that's, 8 great again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all the that, synthetics. That implies it was once great, and that's just that's true. false. That's just true. Hold on. Wasn't Delta 8 great when it first came out? Everyone no, was, was raging about it. Everyone was raging about it. It was never great. Whoever thinks Delta 8 is great can just see themselves right out the industry, please, right now. I mean, I used to sell. Anybody? I used to sell. Saman, I used to sell Delta 8. Uh, just yeah, as, I mean, I, back I, in the I mean, medical days, I've seen, seen you puffing on all that Delta Eight sprayed fucking hemp, all those packs back in the, the day, bro. That no, that's not thing, that's right? not what we're talking about. I used to sell Delta Eight straight <laughs> as a concentrate, straight as a concentrate, like a gram of Delta Eight. People could buy it and they Speaking of it. like concentrating, speaking of concentrating, speaking of concentrating on the article, yeah. I just want to get back to this for a second. We have always known that if you're choosing between a Republican and a Democrat, the, the question is, which side of the shit sandwich do you want to take a bite out of? And uh, Biden right. has done some good things. Like, he also has like, a track record of like. not telling the truth that goes back decades. And so yes. separate from the dish de jour, we know this guy is a politician, which means if his mouth is moving, he's probably lying. Mm -hmm. And so the question becomes in this next election cycle, which side of the shit sandwich do you want to take a bite out of? I don't really have anything nice to say about Trump. I have a few nice things to say about Biden. I would love to hear Biden this. Biden is... Yeah, I, and we, you know, and and we can we can riff on that. We got a whole hour, and our viewers, I'm sure, will want to hear it and you know participate in the chat. But the truth is, is that Biden hasn't fulfilled a campaign promise. Biden doesn't feel committed to telling things that are factual, and Biden is stumping. And the best thing Biden could do would be to get out of the way and let new blood from the Democratic Party. Uh, be the presidential contender. And so he, he's made a massive misstep. He should have run right after Obama was out. He took a gap year like he was in college or something, came back, won, and wants to go for another go-round. He should be going around retiring mm -hmm. and riding off into the sunset. And if the Democratic Party wants to remain or hopes to become relevant and maybe get back to its roots— it's not going to be able to do that with this old, white, established political man with Kamala one heartbeat away from the presidency. And I think, unfortunately, that both Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and progressives, they know that. And so mm -hmm. Biden, Biden's the dry, crusty part of that poopy sandwich. And I don't think most voters want to take a bite of it. That's right, because it's too hard to swallow. I mean, there's one thing we can agree on, Yarrow, is that Biden is the crusty turd that is, you know, stinking up the place, and he should definitely retire. But the Dems are also, dude, they're they're the ones who are totally out of line, rotten to the core, completely, completely dismissing 
what everybody in this country once wanted, which was Bernie Sanders. They were unilaterally no no responsible for, for, for dismantling like that trust in uh, the Democratic voter. Force. That's right. The moment yeah, they a, shoved That's a good in, young man that they should have, uh, right? Well, accepted. you know what? Hey, 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 hey that, forget right. about young or old. Forget about young or old. Talking it's about how messy. old he is, right? I it's mean, about, the is about, it's, about moral, like it's about moral fortitude. It's about moral fortitude. Bernie Sanders is the one dude that stood up there and has told it like it is for so I'm many years. We Biden. got Biden. We got flip-flopper Biden over Joe here. Biden. Just putting everybody in Joe jail Biden. for cannabis. I want a weekend. I want a weekend at Bernie's, okay? And when the Democratic Party decided to shove Hillary in there instead of a Bernie uh, Warren ticket, (laughs) it was really clear that they didn't even want to represent their base, and they wanted to just tack towards the middle of the bell curve to get that swing vote in a way that swung their real base away from them anyway. That's because all the Wokies are in. Exactly. So we got to come to a consensus here. Like Joe Biden is the uh, the old dried up turd and um, Donald Trump, a vote for Donald Trump is is just straight diarrhea. A vote for Donald Trump is a vote for America. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. an old both, orange terrible, but, but like i said in my story man we got to make sure like hey, both of them are at high risk of not finishing a term like it or not i would we say biden sure is a much higher risk have, what, trump is healthy sure the people that they full have of yeah, energy. Trump, trump's good trump is all good i'm not worried about that experimental drugs yeah i'm not worried i'm not worried about trump we got to make sure the people that that are around them we're taking we're holding them to account too like it just like uh yarrow said like they're politicians they're mm-hmm. liars you want to pick one liar over the over the other that's your business trump's not, not necessarily a politician though anybody uh, yeah, I'm not going to judge anybody for for supporting either side. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what we really about, have to be if you scared care about, about this. If you care about cannabis reform, if you care about cannabis prisoners being released and all that, you got to hold their speech writers mm-hmm. accountable. You got to hold. Yeah, but listen, Rico, Rico, tell the truth here. The one thing we all have to be concerned about is this this gigantic uh, prison complex that we're creating in this country. And Biden is yeah. one of the biggest supporters. He's always been. He and was that's one of the original architects of this. Exactly, exactly. So we have to be concerned about that fact is like whoever gets in this place is going to perpetuate that problem that we have is like as cannabis consumers as parents who consume cannabis look we're targets right they're going to come after us well with you know what so i'm I'm just saying you guys better be careful what you wish for and be careful who you want to put in all jokes aside we make fun of all these people but you guys better like you know consider all of those things because that's a real risk i agree guess guess which president why don't we strip aside why don't we strip aside the popular talking heads and just go with a bipartisan ticket the michael flynn hunter biden <laughs> ticket okay hey that would and be a good ticket way that would be a good ticket stop pretending no. that there's any <laughs> integrity it. with any of the candidates in this race I don't know. I think, know. I think General Flynn has Hunter tons of integrity. Yeah, yeah. Donald Jr., oh. Don Jr., and Hunter Biden. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. I, I, I'll, Beavis I'll, and Butthead. I'll, I'll say this on this. Oh, here, here, here's, some, here, here's a little bit of truth that probably most of you won't want to hear. But the reality of it is this, is that Trump has done more for criminal justice reform than any other president within oh, our lifetime. Uh, yeah, because just, he's a criminal, so he t- right. takes one to no one. <laughs> hey, hey, he's he's all about the reform, and that's what we need is reform of our criminal justice system. And on that, we're going to yeah. go to a commercial, and we're going to be right back. <laughs> oh, man, that was weird. 
Hey, you America. Do I look like Sean Connery? <laughs> Good morning, America. Saman Razani coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California with the one and only highest host, Mr. Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast? You can find it on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No excuses in 2024. If you haven't checked us out, check it out now. And also, check out what The Prophet's doing in 2024. Yeah, you are. Come you on, you come to LA. Get, your, get your ass down here, bro. Right. You got to film. This is where all the magic happens. Get down here bro. to LA, Yarrow. <laughs> Fair. He is West Hollywood's president of cannabis tourism. That's right. He's also known for smoking the best weed in the world and is mm -hmm. often the highest Republican in the room. Up next, the supporter of Half Foot In, the other half in a in an anklet oh god <laughs> damn son I, you know i support support the Jason truth Beck. yes you support the truth here all about the truth whether you want to acknowledge it's the truth or not but we are all about the truth and i'll tell you what i have a whole little truth little thing going on over here with this story for you guys today because a Maine delegation calls on the DOJ to help with illegal marijuana operations, you guys. After a series of busts of illegal Chinese-owned marijuana growing operations in Maine, the state's congressional delegates are now calling for more help from the federal government. In a letter to the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, Senators Susan Collins and Angus King, as well as Representative uh, Chelly Pinigree and Jared Golden are renewing their call for more support from the U.S. Department of Justice. They sent a similar memo to Garland last summer in response to alleged illegal Chinese-owned marijuana growing operations in Maine. And according to the delegation, police have seized more than 4,400 plants in four different busts just this year alone. In a quote, the letter says, We write to follow up on our August 23... 2023 letter regarding reports of a memo that was produced and circulated by Border Patrol officials over alleged illegal Chinese marijuana growing operations in the state of Maine. Since that time, there have been multiple raids across the state since the beginning of this year. Police have arrested eight people and seized more than 4,400 cannabis plants at four growing sites in Belgrade, uh, China, and Cornville, Maine. The delegation said apparently China is a city in Maine as well. And the letter also states these seven different points. One, what is the DOJ doing to address illegal growing operations, including illegal growing operations that are run by foreign governments or entities? These reports identify Chinese ownership. Is the DOJ aware of this alleged Chinese ownership or any other foreign involvement in these operations? Number three, are the profits from these illegal operations being returned to the country of origin? If so, through what mechanisms? 
I would say Burisma, but nonetheless. And number four, please provide any additional information about the memo identified in these reports, including who produced it, when the information contained in the memo was first obtained, and what actions have been taken in response. Number five, what action is the DOG taking to swiftly shut down any illegal marijuana growing operations in the state of Maine? And number six, what support is the DOJ providing to Maine law enforcement agencies, state, county, and municipal as they work to identify and arrest those participating in illicit activity related to illegal marijuana growing operations? And number seven, what, if any additional support, does DOJ need from Congress to support Maine law enforcement in these efforts? In the memo, the lawmakers are also asking uh, what action the DOJ is taking to address these operations and what support the Department of Maine is going to need going forward. Well, 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 it seems like there's a lot of, you know, sounds like big trouble growing in little China, but maybe they're just calling it Maine, China. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. What do y'all have to say about this? Crickets, huh? Crickets, huh? Interesting. I guess they're not affected by fentanyl, so they have their priorities straight. I mean, I'm I'm guessing too. They're not affected by the border crisis. I'm gonna keep. They're, they're keeping the main. Thing well, they have the a different border thing. crisis, right? Apparently. I don't know, man. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm not up there, so I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I would be calling on the Department of Justice to help out with any kind or anything, of anything. Uh, right. I feel like, uh, uh, well, first of all, enforcement at all. Yeah, the DOJ doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot, at least under this administration, unless it's uh, not unless I it's wonder, producing kangaroo courts. Yeah. I wonder if this is not a cash grab, because typically when states ask for support from the federal government, that support includes mm-hmm. money. And so I'm wondering if they're not trying to get the DOJ to get some boots on the ground so they can do some interagency task forces so they can break down some barn doors and take some pictures of some plants being cut down. And then they can say it has a street value of a quarter billion dollars. And then back to our point from a couple days ago about the militarization of law enforcement, they can get a couple cool tanks and battering rams. And, you know, this is someone already talked about it earlier on this show about the prison industrial complex. Mm -hmm. My first take without having enough facts to have a really learned opinion is that this might fall under that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I also I I just want to say I think this is a this is a pattern. It's when you have a state that was medical that goes adult use. And there's a lot of medic. There's a lot of medical caregivers that are operating under the auspice of the the you know existing rules. You know that migration to the new rule set and the new taxation is kind of the whole pathway, right? And so mm-hmm. I feel like this is just more of a corralling um, and like almost like a cattle drive of tax dollars that they're trying to drive back into their coffers um, by doing this because these people that are operating, I mean, most of them are, are caregivers. They have some form of documentation. They're not just completely doing it um, off book. And some of them are, I'm sure. But I think that's, that is a pattern that I've seen um, coming from, you know, Colorado in the early days to coming to, to California. And we're seeing it now. California is just like, it's just bigger and it's, you know, it's more, um, rooted in as opposed to like some of these other places. So I just see this as a, as a pattern. We're going to see more of this. We're going to see, um, hopefully not 
the DOJ get involved without some kind of formal federal regulation change or some shift there. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is um, just keep your eyes up because this is, this is exactly what's going to happen to all of these other states that are were medical and that are converting to adult use. Yeah, I don't, I, don't see, I don't see why they're getting the fe- uh, the federal. I do. It doesn't make any it's sense. Like, I understand yeah. why. It, if if they, if they wanted to do it on a state level, if they wanted to, to really do some damage on a state level, could could they not just call in the National Guard? Oh, no, they can't that, because that, that the National Guard is not trained to do these types of law enforcement okay. actions. The National Guard yeah, is trained yeah, for floods yeah. and hurricanes and crowd control and putting up barricades on big streets. The thing is, and I think you two have both already Barbed really— wire. Uh, yeah, Barb mm-hmm. Wire Barbed eloquently wire. touched on it, is what does the DOJ bring in terms of capabilities that it doesn't exist at a state or local level in Maine in terms of law enforcement? Are they going to put a big uh, <clears throat> satellite in the sky and listen to every mom and pop home grow in the backyard or everybody blowing up a barn with a bunch of gavitas? So I think it's probably money. That's it's what always, the feds can bring. It's always about the money. It's always about the money. I agree with you, Yaro, on that. You can see where all the grows are at. I'll tell you what, though. If they just went went legal and uh, they'd get money from taxes, right? So just let it flow. I'll tell you what. what If they do crack down on this, you know what what that's going to mean, right? That's going to mean that the price of weed is going up. That's right. Yeah. Is that really the angle? Yes. The price of weed is going to go up. That is I mean, I just wish that somebody in Maine understood the connection between the munchies and mm-hmm. lobster with butter drizzled over the top of it and understood that, like, cannabis and their, you know, their cash cow, what they're known for, what everybody wants to eat from me, those go hand in hand. Fine mm-hmm. dining and fine cannabis. I- I just, sounds, I think there's something they could explore there that might be I mean, more sounds, uplifting. Yaro, it sounds I like mean, a... Maine, Maine is doing it. I mean, I, I encourage all my, my co-hosts here to check it out, but like people in the audience may know, but Maine is Maine is actually um, one of the best producing states on the East Coast, I would say. Yeah, and they got, they got, got a, good weed. I got a homie out there, shout out, shout out third shift resin out there, my boy Ryan. He's crushing it. And they do all organic, indoor um, living soil. There's they do outdoor as well, and they crush it. Some of the hear, some of the eco clash winners in the past there. have been you know depths or greenhouse mm-hmm. from Maine from outdoor in the past in the past year. Yeah, we need so. to go, uh, how how about how about Maine stops calling on the Department of Justice go out there and make things right? They need to call on the Hyatt Nine News team. We need to go <laughs> out there. We need to be funded for a trip to go out there to Maine and see what's wet. We'll sort it out. And Jason, Jason Beck, we'll Jason let them know got some people if it's good there. enough to go to the streets. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got all the, the people, bin. all the people in Maine, all the people, all the people, you guys. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I I, I think this is gonna. I'm telling you, the price of weed's gonna go up in Maine if they do this, and they, if they if the DOJ get some if the DOJ gives them gives the state of Maine some money for enforcement, then the price of weed is gonna skyrocket in Maine. And on that, we're gonna roll right on in to the man with the golden voice. That's right. It's Mr. Todd Dankin. He's the founder of Digipath Labs out there in Las Vegas, Nevada, as well as the Smuggleverse, where you can buy all of your digital dank NFTs. That's right. It is none other than the voice himself, Mr. Todd Dankin. Thank you, Mr. Beck. Uh, My story today is about legal activity happening in the California desert. As five suspects arrested in the California desert killings in dispute over marijuana, sheriff's officials say. 
In San Bernardino, California, six men found dead at a remote dirt crossroads in Southern California desert last week, likely shot to death in a dispute over marijuana, sheriff's officials said Monday, as they announced the arrest of five men suspected in the violence. Authorities discovered the body is Tuesday in the Mojave Desert outside El Mirage after someone called 911 and said in Spanish that he had been shot. And Bernardino County Sheriff Sergeant Michael Warwick said during a news conference, all the victims were likely shot to death and four of the bodies had been partially burned together, Warwick said. The fifth victim was found inside a Chevy Trailblazer and the sixth was discovered nearby the following day, he said. It looks like illicit marijuana was the driving force behind these murders, Sheriff Shannon Dykus said, adding that the area is known for illegal marijuana growing operations. Scene showed a, quote, level of violence, unquote, reminiscent of a drug cartel, but investigators couldn't immediately confirm that cartels were involved, officials said. Five men ranging from 24 to 34 were arrested and eight firearms were seized after deputies served search warrants Sunday in the Adelanto and Apple Valley areas of San Bernardino County and the Pinion Hills neighborhood of Los Angeles County, Warwick said at a news conference. Officials said investigators believe that all the suspects in the case are in custody and they were held without bail. Authorities also identified four of the victims as Baldemir Mondragon, Alberin, 34, Franklin Noel Bonilla, 22, Evan Dariel Bonilla, 25, and a 45-year-old man whose name was withheld pending family notification. Coroner's officials were trying to identify the remaining two men. Investigators believe Frank Bonilla was the man who called 911, Warwick said. California voters legalized recreational marijuana in 2016, and the state has become the world's largest legal cannabis marketplace since then, with billions in annual sales. But the illegal market continues to thrive. Dykus called the black market a plague that results in violence, and he called on lawmakers to reform cannabis laws to keep legalization but revert to harsher penalties for users of illegal pot. Overhead footage from TV stations last week showed a dark blue SUV with a passenger window blown out and another door open with part of the image blurred. The footage show also showed numerous yellow evidence markers in the scrubby desert. The area, some 50 miles on northeast of Los Angeles, is so remote that the Sheriff's Department called in help from the <coughs> California Highway Patrol's Aviation Division in order to even find the scene. In 2027, people were fatally shot at an illegal marijuana growing operation in a small rural town neighboring Riverside County, and more than 20 people lived on the property, which had several makeshift dwellings used for production of honey oil, a potent cannabis concentrate. Is the illegal market alive and well in Cali? Todd Dankin with High 9 News. What do you guys think? Man, oh man, this sounds, you know what this sounds like, Todd? This sounds like a, a scene out of Casino. It does. It right? Really this does. sounds like this should have right. been in your neck of the woods yeah. over in Vegas. I know. Like, Surprise it's not in the Nevada desert. Right? There's, <laughs> they, we got a ditch already dug up. We're ready to just dump the bodies in. We're ready. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just shovel the dirt on top of them. Yeah, you can't dump them in Lake Mead anymore because it's too shallow. Mm -hmm. But because they're dead, Jason, that would not qualify as living soil. <clears throat> 
So, listen, you know, bad jokes aside, I'm supposed to start every off-color comment by at least acknowledging (laughs) that there's real pain and suffering, that there are multiple victims here, that there are multiple families mourning, and that violence is never acceptable. The only thing I would add to that is I wish when we had these types of articles that they always led with whether this was crime associated with regulated versus unregulated cannabis. Because unregulated cannabis attracts people who need unregulated opportunities to make money. And uh, this San Bernardino, this whole area has a lot of producing regulated businesses. And it's not clear to me which this is. You do realize that it's very possible that it was regulated product that was sold on the unregulated market. I mean, it wasn't Adelanto. Just saying. It's a possibility. Absolutely. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah see, yeah, you guys don't want to talk about that. Huh? <laughs> Shut up, uh-huh. that <laughs> I got some people. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not mad at Adelanto being a producing region, but I will just say I'm always banging for NorCal, and it ain't Alder's Point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. man, this is this is a this is. I mean, this is definitely some definitely some some cartel stuff. There was definitely some a drug deal gone bad. I wonder, did they find? Right. Yeah, did they? Oh man, did they, did they find any other drugs involved, or, or are they sure that their only marijuana was involved? Oh, they don't even know that it was marijuana. They didn't find any marijuana. They think that it was marijuana related. Okay, so all they found was a bunch of dead bodies. Is that what 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 what, what, what the the whole yeah. story is? So they yeah. didn't find and any because evidence the area of is known for lots of illegal grows. Uh, the sheriff said, it looks like illicit marijuana was the driving force behind these murders. Okay, That's so, it. so for, for all we know, it could have been someone that was actually going to have a meeting in the desert, and they just had a conversation, and some people didn't leave. It could have been just that. Could have could not have been. even been a transaction going on. I mean, they they arrested five guys, so they know where to go. They arrested the right. pizza parlor? Uh, no, no. They're, they're, they're no. Burgers, man. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Someone got triggered off of that. Jason, right Jason is obviously not a non-meat eater uh, on the show. I've been, I've been, I've been <laughs> eating meat. Five guys is pizza. I've been eating meat lately. I've been eating meat. Really? I switched my whole diet yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. Why oh, you look so healthy? I've heard that. Yes. Well, 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 man. I, I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion as to who did this, though, Todd. By the, by the end of this show. Oh, I don't think so either, uh, yeah. but uh, there are five guys uh, from uh, Adelanto, Apple Valley, and San and uh, Pinion Hills in uh, Los Angeles who are sitting in jail right now because they are the five suspects. Five suspects. Yeah. And I, I do find it interesting that they had to call the Highway Patrol for aerial support. You know, like that, I no. No, well, that, that's, that yeah, that's that funding for the San Bernardino Police Department. Yeah, exactly. I, just, I just I just been scanning like like three four different articles, uh, different uh, versions of this mm-hmm. story, including in the L.A. Times. Like, only thing they have tied to cannabis is they keep on saying, yeah, recreational marijuana and registered marijuana grows are legal. However, the killings occurred uh, um, um, near illegal right. marijuana <laughs> grows. Right. I mean that That's that doesn't. It. And then they say must be the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It'd be the yeah, coke guys going ball, into the pot guys' neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Blame the pot guys. So it must be, we, yeah. 
You got to be related. Exactly. Like, nah, right. man. Exactly. Fentanyl guy is really causing the stir for the pot guys. I can't believe that. And, and, I know. That's, that's the ones who. That's the one who write, wrote this story. Go, go <laughs> that's for right. it. That's right. Go, go for it, Yarl. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. Look, it's it's not fair to brush with broad strokes. I appreciate law enforcement. Cops are like lawyers. Nobody appreciates them till you need them. They're like teachers and firefighters. Underpaid, underappreciated, and. I'm not sure until you have all the facts whether painting with that kind of broad strokes and uh, you know alleging, alluding, uh, suggesting that it's related to cannabis. Unless there's some real hard evidence, uh, I'm not sure why you would put that out to the news. And if you haven't got a conviction yet, there's still a lot of facts that need to play out. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a little troubling to me. However, because of the great job we've been doing here at Hyatt Nine News, we have some information that the five arrested defendants can use for their defense. And we just covered it yesterday, which is the medical marijuana. I just stabbed somebody 108 times defense. Mm -hmm. And so they can just say that they were high on their own supply. They got a little carried away and they accidentally shot five people. I mean, in all fairness, smoking 30% THC is probably the only thing that will actually get someone to drive through Adelanto in the first place. <laughs> Just saying. Um, really good point. Yeah, maybe like maybe like sprinkling a little weed on it is like uh, they used to sprinkle a little crack on the scene. <laughs> you know, this could this could this could all this could all been 90s. you know Rico. This could all could have just been a THCA deal gone bad, and they're trying to blame <laughs> yeah. weed. Just saying. Hemp in the high desert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the D and D eight stands for desert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and on that, we got to go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh yeah, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure that you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it and you'll be a better person for it. Also too, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you're not subscribed already, we are almost at 2500 subscribers. So why don't you do us a favor, help us hit that goal before the end of the month and all of the articles that we cover on today's show, you can read directly on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, Yee! yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Yee! Up next, he's a fellow dope dad, 15-year industry, 15 industry vet, an award-winning solvent extraction pioneer, the current focus on, um, you know, helping women who have paused 
on men saying <laughs> hello again. <laughs> no. Saman Razani. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Tuesday morning. Um, Saman Razani coming to you from the mushroom planet. Parts unknown. <laughs> oh boy. Parts unknown. Is, is, that, is, that Lu- uh, is that Luigi in the background? Like, where, where, I don't know, bro. I don't know where I am. I'm an undisclosed <laughs> location, guys. Coming to you live. Um, today I have a I have a very interesting story um, coming to us from um, uh, insurancejournal.com. And uh, this is an interesting story about a regulator in Minnesota that just resigned um, because their past history was a little sketch. So here we go. St. Paul, Minnesota. The Minnesota governor's office did not have complete information about the woman the governor appointed as director of Minnesota's new marijuana regulatory agency, leading to her surprising resignation after media reports about her financial problems and other issues, according to an audit released Thursday. The audit produced by the uh, Office of Legislative Auditor says the governor's office departed from its standard operating procedure for executive director appointments when selecting Aaron Dupree as director of the state's Office of Cannabis Management. Three differences from the, from the procedure, all related to the background check contributed by Democratic Governor Tim Walz appointing Dupree without having full and complete information, the audit says. Dupree resigned the day after her appointment in September following media reports that she ran a business that sold products exceeding state limits on THC potency, uh, owed money to former associates, and accumulated tens of thousands of dollars in tax liens. Very interesting. The audit found the Bureau Criminal Criminal Apprehension conducted its background check on Dupree, largely without the involvement of the Alcohol and Gambling Enforcement Division. which is typically involved in such checks on behalf of the governor's office. The governor's office said the AGED did not have statutory authority to uh, perform the background study for the new Office of Cannabis Management, which is why the BCA did did it instead, according to the audit. The governor's office also said BCA consulted with AGED to ensure its process was consistent with past practice, but BCA still had never performed a background study for the governor's office before. As a result, it is possible that some assumptions of the governor's office, uh, some assumptions the governor governor's office made about the background checks, such as assuming the BCA was reviewing Department of Revenue information, were incorrect. The audit says other issues revolved around faulty assumptions of how the BCA would proceed after receiving Dupree's signed release forms and how the agency conducted financial background checks, resulting in not spotting unpaid tax limits. Immediately following the appointment, the governor's office reviewed its process and implemented changes, including the recommendations listed in the audit. Mary Fee, general counsel of the governor's office, said in a statement, Fee said the governor's office also increased its capacity for research about potential appointments. The audit recommended the governor's office independently confirm that any background checks on people considered for sensitive positions include a review of individual and business tax information from the Department of Revenue, criminal history records from the Department of Public Safety and Corrections, and potentially the FBI, the outstanding court judgments. 
um, and any outstanding court judgments. Sensitive positions include the head of Cannabis Office, Gambling Control Board, Board and Minnesota Lottery. It is recommended that the governor uh, wait to make appointments to sensitive positions until the office has reviewed the complete background check report and made the independent determination of suitability of a candidate. The audit says it considers the matter closed and will not conduct a special review. Minnesota's legalization of recreational marijuana went into effect in August, allowing people 21 and older to legally possess and grow their own marijuana for recreational purposes subject to limits as the state establishes the legal cannabis industry in the coming months. And that's Saman Razani reporting for High and Nine News. Guys, what do you think about, you know, the, uh, the corruption in politics and as we see here and that we know exists in so many other states and jurisdictions? Man, I just want to hear, I just want to hear what everybody has to say, what everybody has to say about the hypocrisy of, uh, of the local legislatures. Please. Business as I maintain, usual. Yeah. I, I maintain my position that I think she is probably one of the best people for that position because she would understand the plight of the majority of cannabis operators up until this point. Up until they had legalization in Minnesota, she would resonate a lot more with them um just because she had you know she had tax liens and stuff we all have been there <laughs> she's had she's had issues and uh she was uh selling thc products like above the uh, above the limit i mean she would probably know more about the game than anybody they put in her place mm -hmm. i mean it sounds like she's a part of the the already woven fabric you know so it's like is that good or bad you know is that like uh, would you would you rather the I mean, what, I mean, I don't know. Is that person going to perpetuate yeah. the nepotism in there, or is she going to be like fair to other operators, or is she just going to be the, the whip for the government and the stick to beat all the other operators with uh, people that she doesn't like, people that she doesn't agree with? I don't know. I mean, you tell you tell me. How does that go? Is that well, a good thing I would rather have somebody. In, I would rather have somebody in charge, in charge who has, yeah, who, who has been there. Um, that's just me. Like I, I mean, I don't know this. I don't know this lady on a personal level. I don't know if there, if there's like more, more uh, negative stuff uh, on her record. But um, some of the people that just they put the general in, bias. in the game that have never run a business, like, like they've they've failed miserably. Yep. Like we've seen that but, here in California. Yeah, but what about just the general bias you have coming in as an operator, knowing the landscape, having your favorite yeah. Yeah. people, True. Uh, True. and your not point, so favorite people. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think industry always has a place at the table. It should have a stakeholding position in any conversation yeah. at the legislature. But I mean, to put someone in charge of that and to say, hey, it's your role. Obviously, there was like uh, it wasn't so um, it wasn't done so legitimately if they're having so many issues and she resigned. But I mean, you know, no one wants to be mired in like a, uh, a scandal. And so well, it's let, let, what are you talking about? This is America. Yeah, exactly. yeah no, we love scandal. We love, we love scandals. scandal. Yes. Scandal is a, is a new cult of dirty art. laundry. Here's Go ahead, Yarrow. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, look, we've covered this story since the beginning and we celebrated her being hired because we were glad that the state was hiring somebody from within the industry and within a New York minute, she went in and out. I hope she got paid for that one day, by the way. Um, and a couple things come up for me. The first is they made some mistakes in the vetting process. The natural 
line of inquiry would lead me to wonder where else and what other appointments in this uh, in this administration have also suffered from sloppy vetting. And then the second thing that comes up for me is like owing people money and having tax liens is not a disqualification. And so there are a lot of people in business who owe money. Sometimes debt is not a bad thing. Having tax liens doesn't mean that you forged your tax returns. It means that you're not caught up. And I don't think that we should be looking at people to run government who have such spotless records that they haven't gone out there, made some mistakes, fallen on their face, have some things to clean up. And so like, I don't think that that's a fair metric. The other thing that comes up for me is if she sold stuff that was over the state uh, limits, that to me seems like the only disqualifying factor that has been uh, communicated. And if that was the case, there's also a world in which that governor's office says, yeah, she made some mistakes. We're backing her because she knows what it's like to be imperfect. And they could have just leaned in and supported her and said, yes, those could be seen as a disqualifier. But we see those as a qualifier because it's just representative of how complicated it is to operate in this highly regulated and quickly evolving industry. And so they didn't do that. They kicked her out of the moving bus within 24 hours. And, and I think that that says something about this administration administration as well. At the end of the day, we talked about leadership yesterday with Hochul. At the end of the day, leadership is not just about owning it. It's also about supporting your people. And if they really wanted her in there, they could have had a little bit more backbone. They could have said, yep, warts and all, that's our gal. And she's the one who's going to lead us to this next chapter for our state industry. You know, you know, yeah, it's obvious that it was done. It was done illegitimately. That's why they didn't support well, her, because if there was nothing wrong, they would have stood there and said, hey, we stand by our decision. Well, Yaro, but it's not corruption; it's incompetence, and there's a difference. Well, Yaro, here, here, here's here, here's my whole take on all of this. Okay, um, I, I I I I agree with your with your last statement 100 percent because I could just picture this lady making it so that anything over five milligrams is legal to sell across the state, and then her and her office, her sell everything 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams, and 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams right out of her office. I just, I just think it's another corrupt Democratic, uh, you know, local governor, and uh, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna do what he wants to do, and that's just, it's, 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 this is just proving it. It's like can't just, can't just bypass our, our process um, in this, you know, in of like whatever, however they did it in Minnesota, whether it was an amendment to their um, constitution or whether it was an amendment or, or another type of a, a bill that passed, but like you have. To, to like actually uh, take heed of the people's request for a industry to be born and to be blossomed, and you can't you can't fuck it up from the beginning like everyone's doing, right? Because because it just takes years to rebound, and then you have this confusion, and it's like this is this is just not helpful to the to anybody who's trying to get in business in Minnesota or just trying to be a patient. Or just trying to do their to, to their thing. There's no leadership. There's um. There's just no guidance from the top down. And when you're reliant on the government to lay out these rules and promulgate um this industry, you have to wait for them to get their shit together. So this is just more nonsense, more waiting. This is this is crazy. We already have a playbook. There's already um. You know, it's just bad to support decision making. And maybe it's not nefarious, Yaro, but it's stupid and it's incompetence. And that's worse, maybe, than corruption, because that's just like, why are you running 
why are you running the state? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What happened to what, what happened to Jesse Jesse Ventura on this? <laughs> I don't know. He got oh, caught. He got caught. About him. Hold on. He's, you, know? you got any thoughts on this, Todd? No. He. Uh, wherever there's money there's going to be corruption right and uh i think if they just uh, you know improve their background checks well of course you know problem of course you know that todd you live in vegas there's lots of money out there (laughs) yeah yeah for sure (laughs) but i agree with yarrow they they, you know why not have somebody who's uh fallen down uh you know run something and you know because this way if, if all these politicians that run for office don't have a background right they're bound to just fuck up, mm-hmm. right? If they haven't fucked up yet, then they're bound to while in office. Uh, she's already made some mistakes. You know, she's learned, you know, how to do things right. And uh, I also support 100% having industry people in the legislation and in the government really help support operators because it's very far and few between. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also liked when they appointed her that she was a woman, you know, yeah. not that. That was the oh, reason boy. why she there was hired, but that she was appointed. And I would love governors who say, yeah, that's my appointment. Warts and all, we're going to run with this yep. person. Yep. And yep. until they make a mistake on the job, they've got yep. the job. And instead, mm-hmm. this guy folded like a lawn chair. Oh, boy. You know what? No, they were definitely weighing those options. They definitely had all of them in front. They said, oh, this person, but she's, oh, you know, she's got a little controversy, but she's a woman. Should we pick her to run the thing? They're like, yeah, sure. And then it blew up in their face. I mean, there was probably a list of candidates, probably a mile long. But it's like you got to make the right choice. You cannot, you cannot, you know, go backwards with things like this because you just look, you don't, you lose your credibility. I mean, now, I don't know. I mean, again, it's just a setback. I don't know what's going to happen, how to untwine that knot that just got created there. But, you know, Minnesota's got some hope. I know some great growers in, in that region. I know some great people from that region are great growers. So, you know, I know they want to get it together so they have some guidance and they can, you know, get some commerce done. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we got to go to a commercial. I stand, I stand by my statement. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Get ready for the 20-year anniversary celebration of the Emerald Cup. The Emerald Cup will be held at the Henry J. Kaiser Center for the Arts in downtown Oakland, May 4th and 5th. Get your tickets now for best pricing. Cannabis categories include flour, three rolls, solventless concentrates, solvent concentrates, cartridges, edibles, topicals, tinctures, and alternative cannabinoids. So enter early for your chance to be a winner at the 20-year anniversary Emerald Cup competition. Out spy we've ever had. He's not a spy. <laughs> not a spy. No, he's not. No, these, these you guys are such you guys are such such crazy, crazy, crazy people. Well, you know what else yeah. is crazy? That's right, it's Yaro Kubrin. He's up next, and he is our very own Florida man who's stuck in the 707, who does real estate cannabis and every once in a while a little bit of cannabis real estate when the cannabis people have some money that's right is none other than mr yarrow kubrin 
Hey, at least my intro today wasn't like Saman's hazing, right? So there's this fine line with these, you know, with Rico and Jason between hazing and intros, and we're not ever sure where it's going to go and how it's going to feel. So that one wasn't too bad. It changes like But the it's weather. not every once in a while cannabis real estate. It's every day cannabis real estate. I'm not going to plug the company I work for, but they are purchasing you can, you real can plug estate them. landlording plug them. to operators. So, you can um, plug them. It's okay. You, holler you at your them. boy. Let's talk about my article today. <clears throat> so I'm going to keep it international. And my article today is about Israel. And here we go. Israel launches an anti-dumping probe into cannabis companies from Canada. Canada, again, finds itself in hot water over the import-export of commercial medical cannabis. The commissioner of Israel's trade levies unit opened an anti-dumping investigation in mid-January concerning the importation of medical marijuana from cannabis after finding a casual link between the imports and damage to Israel's local cannabis industry. Any move to restrict imports could have a major impact on Canada's fragile cannabis export sector, as Israel currently accounts for more than one-third of all cannabis exports from Canada by weight. In fiscal year 2023, Israel imported 21,000 kilos of cannabis from Canada for commercial and scientific use, data shows from the regulator Health Canada. I wish to inform you that after I found that special circumstances exist, I have decided to initiate an anti-dumping investigation concerning the importation of medical cannabis from Canada. Danny Tal, Director of Import Administration at Israel's Ministry of Economy and Industry, wrote in a letter to Michael Mancini, Chief Commercial Counselor for the Embassy of Canada in Israel. Our findings regarding whether there is dumping, consequent injury, and the duty required will be determined on the basis of best information available. It is therefore important that every interested party will submit information, evidence, and their arguments and an answered questionnaire. The investigation was launched after Israeli companies reportedly suffered financial losses because of competition with cheap Canadian imports, according to Israel's Cannabis Magazine, which first reported the investigation. The period of investigation will be from January 1st, 2023 to the end of 2023 for anti-dumping activities and from January 1st, 2021 to the end of 2023 for any damages to local businesses. The determination whether provisional measures are required and the estimated rate of the anti-dumping duty, according to which the provisional duty is set, will not be made before the interested parties have had the opportunity within the time constraints of the law to submit further information, evidence, and their arguments in any answered questionnaire if they so wish, Tal wrote. As part of the investigation, 10 Canadian companies have 30 days to submit information, evidence, and their arguments and to answer that lengthy questionnaire. The Canadian licensed producers... Named in the investigation are Auxiliary, Canopy Growth, Kronos, Decibel, Organogram, SNDL, Tilray, Hexocorp, Village Farms International. The documents announcing the investigation also named the Green Organic Dutchman, an Ontario-based company uh, that rebranded to Bazanum one year ago. 
MJ Biz Daily reached out to a number of the licensed producers named in the investigation, but only Tilray responded with a statement by acknowledging that the company received the notice of inquiry. To date, Tilray Brands has only shipped into Israel from its Portugal facility, the spokesperson said. However, we firmly believe that the Tilray Brands has compiled with all applicable laws for prior sales into Israel. If any provisional measures are applied, it won't be open until at least 60 days after the investigation begun. Other countries. Israel joins companies from Australia, Colombia, and Jamaica that have cried foul over Canada's import-export situation. Colombia and Jamaica previously have accused Canada of protecting its domestic cannabis producers by blocking commercial imports of medical marijuana. The trade issue has drawn attention because there are a small number of meaningful legal import markets for medical cannabis, and Canada, the largest federally regulated medical market in the world, doesn't allow commercial imports. In 2020, Jamaica's former Ministry of Industry, Commerce, Agriculture, and Fisheries told MJ Biz Daily that it appears manifestly clear that the refusal of the Canadian government to allow the importation of commercial quantities of marijuana from Jamaica is putting the investment of several Canadian investors in Jamaica at risk. In 2021, the Colombian government raised concerns about Canada's commercial import restrictions with the World Trade Organization. In year 2023, Canadian cannabis companies exported $160 million, that's Canadian dollars, so it's 118 for us US folks, worth of, medical cannabis, worth of medical cannabis products. Health Canada, which regularly, which regulates cannabis imports and exports, said import and export of marijuana for medical or scientific purposes is strictly regulated and limited to countries that are party to the United Nations International Drug Control Conventions and have a legal framework for the medical and scientific use of cannabis. Both Colombia and Jamaica are party to those conventions. At least one Jamaican company, Jacana, a leading company in the Caribbean medical cannabis industry, has tried and failed to ship its commercial products to Canada for sale to patients. Health Canada, the federal regulator for medical cannabis importing and export, said in a statement, consistent with Canada's international obligations, Health Canada maintains control over the international movement of cannabis for medical and scientific purposes, strictly limiting international trade for these purposes and authorizing permits and exports exemptions on a case-by-case -case basis. Import and export of, for any other purpose is prohibited under Canada law. So let me kick this off for y'all before I hear what my other esteemed panelists have to say. California has been suffering from subpar Canadian imports going back decades. BC Boof was never top shelf tier A. Now, I recognize that there are some great operators in Canada, and there's probably some good weed that comes from our maple syrup neighbors. And, and I am concerned because Israel has been beating its own drum and proclaiming its relevancy on the international stage when it comes to cannabis for almost a decade. And the fact that it still needs to import some to begin with is challenging. Extra challenging is this notion that it's going to litigate over what it's already received. I think Israel might be better on a shipment by shipment basis of maintaining quality control instead of jamming up this nascent international commodity. This is Yaro Kubrin, Hyatt 9 News. I'd like to know what my other guests have to say about this. Oh. I think we're on the verge of the first international cannabis trade war 
It all starts with Canada. It's, man, they're just shipping their boof everywhere and just dumping it off like, here, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. This is, this is, Sorry. of course, yeah, they're just dumping it Sorry. everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Man, oh, man, oh, man. This is, this is classic to me. I don't expect anything less from Canada. I mean, this, uh, th- th- this, uh, this is not surprising at all whatsoever. And I feel so bad for the people that have to endure all of these shipments and, and have their throats hurt because of their harshness. <laughs> Only boof weed gets mm-hmm. uh, yeah. traded overseas. Uh-huh. I mean, so, my so, throat so, hurt with the harshness of having to read the article. I, I feel and so, you. So, so first off, first off, Yaro, I have to compliment you on the purple on the purple hue of your shirt. I really like that, man. It looks really, really good on you there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I do have to, I do have to say, uh, so the, the whole thing behind this is that is, is Canada's pumping too much of their shit out there. Is, is that what's going on? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying so to sell it in Canada, right? So they, bro, bro, they have two, it's a two for Rico. On the one hand, Israel's complaining about the boof. They've imported mm-hmm. and grow your own shit, okay? And then secondarily, multiple countries are complaining that Canada is creating restrictions on importing cannabis from other countries while favoring yeah. exporting its cannabis and that that's uh, an unfair yeah, restriction so they're selling, on trade. They're, they're, yeah. they're selling and they're not buying. Yeah, they're, saying, they're, they're, basically, they're basically like telling Jamaica, like, here's the deal. We're going to supply you with all this cannabis, but you can't buy any cannabis from Colombia or from Mexico or anywhere else. Like, we're your only supplier. But I don't think it's that they're saying they can't get it elsewhere. It's that they're not willing to, to have a reciprocity. So they're like, Jamaica Mistaka, we're not taking your weed, but you can take ours. And so it's a one-way street that is benefiting cannabis producers, but not the international industry uh, at large. I mean, well, in maybe, all fairness, you're you missing it. Maybe they like smoking boo. They don't. They they don't. No one likes smoking. Maybe they like smoking. No one likes smoking. I thought, is, I thought Israel had had good stuff, and I thought they had. Uh, I thought they Israel does have good stuff, but they got to worry about bombs going off, you know, and shit like that. Well, gotta... we want the bomb in our blunt, and Israel has not scaled Shoot. its production to meet its domestic needs, and considering the confidence that israel projects with its positioning in regulated international cannabis that is a big misstep and the notion that they're going to make this issue and questionnaires and responding like my question to israel will be well then why don't you just scale up domestic production to meet your domestic needs and quit fucking complaining Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, what do you think's gonna? Well, what do you yeah. think they're gonna put in Gaza, bro? They're gonna put greenhouses. They're gonna grow their meat. Oh boy! <laughs> Too soon. You guys, you guys, are, you guys are, stop, stop. Is it really though? Stop. That's, what, that's what exactly what they're. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, we're, we're we're way past time, you guys. I'm gonna roll right into to my last story. I'm gonna stop you guys right there in your tracks. You guys getting all this craziness going on over here today. You guys are gonna. You guys. You guys are gonna love this. You're gonna love this, especially you, Rico. You're gonna love this. Rajan Rondo arrested on misdemeanor marijuana gun charges 
in Indiana. That's right. Two-time NBA champion and University of Kentucky basketball legend Rajan Rondo was arrested in Indiana on a series of misdemeanors, including marijuana and gun charges, according to the Indiana police. Rondo was arrested in Jackson County, Indiana. A story was broken by the WDRB in Louisville, which also spoke with Indiana State Police. Former University of Kentucky basketball and NBA uh, star Rajan Rondo was arrested Sunday in Indiana for unlawful possession of a firearm, drug paraphernalia, and marijuana, according to court records and a spokesman spokesman for the Indiana State Police. Rondo was stopped for a traffic violation in Jackson County, Indiana, on Sunday afternoon, and a trooper smelled marijuana, leading to a search that found a gun. A personal use amount of marijuana and drug paraphernalia, ISP spokesman Sergeant Stephen Wheels said Monday night, Rondo 37 was not supposed to have a firearm because he had a no contract order taken out against him in court, and the charges are all misdemeanors. Rondo uh, posted bail that night and was out of jail, and Rondo was, uh, was raised and played in high school ball in Louisville before going on to play his college ball at the University. University of Kentucky, reaching the Elite Eight in 2005, then uh, went to play 16 NBA seasons, winning two titles, 2008 Celtics and 2020 Lakers, and being a four-time All-Star as well as a three-time league assist leader. He has been out of the NBA for the past two seasons, and Rondo having a gun was a violation because of a protective order that was part of a court settlement with a Louisville area woman who said, who said Rondo had threatened her and her children and had a gun with him during a fight back in 2022. While that case was settled, she filed another protective order that last year that was still in effect. Man, poor Rondo. But man, he got a got a misdemeanor charge for a pistol. What do you guys think about this? Why are you even in Indiana, dude? Like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to have like, like weed on you and stuff, um, stay out of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Simple as simple as that. Like Indiana is is not a a, a a cannabis friendly state, and you know you got a case, you got a record, um, and it's not like dude short on cash. I know he ain't playing right now, but um, he was making a lot, a lot of money for a long time. Well, you know what the NBA stands for, Rico. Time. Yeah, that's right. Never broke again. Yeah, like yeah, he's he's made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is just some some dumb criminal shit like like very 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 avoidable and um he gets in trouble for it he gets in trouble for it man Mm -hmm. i got no excuses for him on this one all right all right well anybody else i mean i mean i'll I'll say this that you know it's great it's crazy times out here and a lot of people that uh, are high profile and um, you know they're targets. He's a domestic. He has a domestic case, so he can't have mm-hmm. a pistol. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, but still, you gotta like that doesn't negate the fact that you have to protect your life sometimes when people are coming after you because you're a target. So it, I mean, it's like does, it matters where you're at. I mean, I don't know. You know, look, like I'm speaking I'm to speak just on like Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's crazy out there, and if you have, you know, a nice car, if you're flossing, if you know you're a target. Um, a lot of people are, it's going to get worse too. So it's like, you know, I, I understand it, especially, you know, but also what I don't understand is when you're like an athlete, when you have money like that, you know, why do you want to fall back into those, 
things. Right. Like that's what, things it, like that's that. what I'm saying. That's just, yeah. that's pointless. Yeah. You know, there's no winner in that. Obviously, you know, your name gets drugged through the mud, your reputation gets drugged through the mud and you're a superstar. Yeah. You're Rondo, you know, you're, you're a Celtics legend. You're, you know, like that's, that's crazy to me. And, and he's not the only one. There's plenty of athletes and you yeah. know, they get clowned on for doing stuff like that. I just think, um, you know, I understand protection. I don't understand trying to be an idiot and letting your ego get the best of you. But you know. right, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think we're tracking. I think we're on the same track there, uh, uh, Saman. Um, you know, as a former athlete myself, and a lot of my friends are um, are pro athletes and, and former pro athletes. I'm like, when you make that kind of money, man, just and you got to be protected. Like, hire security. Like, if you got a case and stuff like that, it's just not smart, and you're going to lose a lot more money uh, than. Uh, than it would take to hire armed security and get your ass in trouble like this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The it's other thing is obviously more of the story that we have not been told. There's, a, there's probably like yeah. I want to know more it, about but, this um, chick, this chick that keeps filing all this paperwork on him. I want to hear her story. Well, that was what I was going to touch on, which is that I've gotten in a lot of trouble in my life, and I've never had domestic issues such as the ones that are causing him to not be able to have that firearm. And I understand that everybody is innocent until proven guilty, and we should not try somebody in the court of public opinion. And and I have never had an issue with the law in respects to how I treat women. And I think that that's the standard we need to try to hold men to, whether they're stars or nobodies. Um, he, he, and, he, was, he was accused. He, he pulled a gun on the mother of his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a problem. He, should, he shouldn't be. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a, a problem. real problem, and that's the problem, yeah. right? It's not yeah. about whether you use cannabis. Yes, you were not strategic in having the gun yourself instead of hiring someone to protect you. But if that is the way we treat women, I don't have compassion for men who don't well, understand I don't their role. Him. Yeah, I don't. I don't have compassion for him at. Uh, in the least, but uh, uh, if you are going to be in that situation and you know you can't have a gun on you and you smoking weed and get caught, whatever the uh, the traffic infraction was in Indiana, a known anti-cannabis state, like that's on you, bro. You don't you don't feel like, sorry. Especially really post Britney, right? I think everybody has a heightened awareness of the risks nationally, domestically, and internationally yeah. of rolling dirty. You Even think if anyone it's a remembers small that? Amount. You think people remember that and think about that? People don't think about that, Yaro. So I believe weed for the people, and I believe we still have Mark over there in Russia that we need to get out. Yes, we and do. And I remember it. That's fair enough. Fair enough. So if, if that's the case, then make sure if you are going to bring something to another place that you have Yaro pack your bag for you. <laughs> I vote, I vote for Yaro because I want a better tomorrow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Go get your medical card. Go get your medical card in any state. Go buy it. And, and don't point a gun at a woman. Yeah, as don't much do that. less one that you profess to care about. Fair, yeah. fair, very yeah, fair points. Yeah. Very fair points right there, Yaro. Very fair points. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not going to defend Ray John Rondo. Yeah, you can't do that um, but, um, on this one. 
Thank you all for joining us for another yet, <laughs> yet another episode of uh, High at Nine News. You, you can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to Superfan Show and Love getting their comments posted live on the big screen. Our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team, tuning in from all over, bringing this much-needed uh, variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table as well. To our production team, cloud media partners, and our sponsors keeping the lights on, and also a AV struggles to a minimum, but don't forget my man Adam behind the scenes. Bro, he got a haircut. He got a haircut. Dang. He got a haircut. Got Damn, a haircut. son. What? Mm-hmm. What is no longer feathered? It's, it's still feathered. It's still feathered, bro. Just, Can we get a glam shot? Can we get like, a glam shot right now? It's like it's like when you know like you, a young, you know when you click. Like no, it's, it's not. It's, you got to get in front of the light. You got to come over here, Adam. <laughs> You gotta come Barbara. over here. You gotta come over here to this side. Can we get an Adam cameo? Oh god. He's, oh, Don't man. cover all that beauty with a hoodie, bro. Oh, Let your boy. charisma shine through. Yeah. The beauty with the hoodie. Yeah, you guys are funny. <laughs> As always, yeah. Cannabis and Siva L, the reason we show up to, to read these stories every single day. Thank you, too, boo. It has been Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope is enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for High 9 News, Cannabis Industry's number one daily news show. And we're going to give this one right back to my man, Yarrow Kubrin. What you got for us, man? Hey, look, I, you know... We, we love to talk a little smack around here, sometimes in a maybe overly joking and insensitive way. But the truth is, what makes this country great is the ability to dissent and not worry about the death squads dragging us out of our house that night because we have differing opinions. And we just lost him. We just lost you, Yaro. You lost all audio. <laughs> oh, oh, Yaro I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Where did where did my outro go? Where did I start, where did I miss off? Where, where did I drop just, off? Just hold on. How about you just start off? And again? yeah, give us a second. Take okay. Two. Take two. And so sorry. And with all of the challenges we have in regulated cannabis in the United States, overregulation and overtaxation still beats cops and robbers. And so I am excited that Hyatt Nine News continues to be a touchstone for the conversations about evolving this nascent nascent industry nationally and internationally. So come back tomorrow, 9 a.m. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.